0: Welcome to The Kid Is In School, where we talk about whatever we want, since our kid is not here to interrupt us. But we don't have a lot of time before the bell rings, so let's get right into it. Hey Luke, you got a haircut.
1: (laughs) Well, I guess that's one way to put it. I didn't get a haircut, I cut my hair. There's a difference, right? Because the way you said it it was like, as if I went to somebody who I have not gone to somebody and... You know, over a decade.
0: It would be really weird if you cut your own hair and then said, "I got my hair cut." <laughs> I got my hair cut by me.
1: <laughs> I sat on my hand. I I couldn't feel it anymore, and right. then I cut my own hair. It's called the stranger haircut.
0: <laughs> so, what made you want to get your hair cut?
1: Uh, well, I. It, sometimes it just gets. Uh, the it gets a little too long, for it to be short. And it's not long enough to be long. And Ooh. so it's, it's this weird in between.
0: It's 90s sitcom hair. Yeah,
1: it's like. it's Tim the
0: Tool Man, Seinfeld.
1: Yeah, and you know what it is? A little, it started to get a little bit of that ducktail that Seinfeld had. And it's like, oh, I don't think I really want that. And when you cut your own hair, people that do not cut their own hair might not know this, is some things are a little harder to handle like if you have a little bit of a duct tail forming to just snip that off is very difficult when you cut your own hair so it's like i have to cut it a little bit shorter see
0: what i would do is just come in straight in the back and do one big chop now you're saying that doesn't work
1: that does first of all you never want one big chomp like uh-huh. never That's, with hair
0: is that going to give you the wig effect? Where it just kind of pulls away from your neck.
1: <laughs> it looks like when somebody's wearing a bald cap, they're in between sketches, and somebody just threw this on top of their head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want that.
0: But a decade. So after a decade, you put in the ten thousand hours. You're an expert. You can cut hair.
1: Well, at this point, yeah, I think I'm. A, I think it surprises some most people when I say I cut my own hair. They're like, oh, that looks pretty good, um, considering you cut your own hair. And honestly, I think in terms of getting my hair cut, like when I was young, I went to the same, you know, hair hairdresser that was in our church. She cut all of our family's hair. With a bowl. I did have a chili bowl haircut. But the thing is, <laughs> I uh, first of all, I went through different iterations of what I wanted as a kid and I didn't get any of them.
0: Oh, darn. Yeah.
1: You know, so, like, I always ended up having just that child side part haircut <laughs> that my parents wanted me to have. You-
0: so every month you would ask for, mm, give me the spikes on top and a little rat tail on the back.
1: There are There's multiple ones. So yes, there was spikes. Just having spiked hair was a big deal. Yeah. Uh, there was a part that had a spike. So it didn't last super long, but it was basically a normal side part haircut. But then you would spike yeah, just the part.
0: I do remember seeing that. And then... <laughs> you're a bit of a rebel.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then... There was the mullet. I asked for a mullet, and my dad would not let me get it, because just having long hair, I think, in the back, or just long hair in general was it not was what...
0: still too much of a party in the back for him. Yeah, he
1: didn't well, want any party on that. Who did
0: you know that had a mullet that you wanted to emulate?
1: I think the kids at school had that. So it's Indiana, it's middle school. Holy crap. I'm not even middle school, it was elementary school. And they, they had mullets like some kids had long mullets
0: i didn't go- i went to school in indiana in the same ta- era that you did and i do not remember kids in my school with mullets Ah, uh, well the rat tail i remember the spikes i remember and by the way kids with spikes were bad all right they <laughs> they were always causing trouble
1: it was bart simpson you know like he had the spiked hair i think yes, it was that era that's right and so the mullets though were big they had a bunch of these kids that would have like Metallica, even in elementary school, these kids are like eight, would have like a jean vest with a Metallica thing on the back and have a mullet haircut. They didn't just have long hair. It was like more shaved on the sides and, you know, spiky on top and then really long in the back.
0: Right. It's not something I hadn't seen, but I'm picturing it being in like Overboard or something, the movie. I, I'd seen it in film. I just didn't see it a lot in person.
1: I uh, Yeah, I saw it then. And, but that, I mean, how long do these things last for you know, when you're a kid, there's time has different meaning. Mm-hmm. And so what was probably one year of school at most where kids had mullets mm-hmm. felt like a big chunk of my life was mullets. But it was like, it could have been one semester. It could have been, <laughs> you know, September through December, you know, kids had mullets.
0: But every month you would say, Mom, this month I'd like a mullet. And they'd say, all right, we'll see what we can do. And then you'd, they'd spin you around in the barber chair and it would be side part <laughs> shellacked yes. to your head.
1: I th- I think that at most I got to go. Like, I think my dad dropped me off once he had to go do something. So he's like, drop you off and come back. And I talked the hairdresser into leaving just a little bit longer in the back, mm-hmm. but it still wasn't even noticeable. It was like <laughs> maybe, maybe a quarter of an inch longer than the rest of everything else.
0: Oh, I feel that pain.
1: Yeah. I could never get what I wanted. And, uh, I want, yeah, I wanted like uh, a rat tail at some point. Never Is got that, that. Where you
0: braid it, or you just you cut it down to a little sliver of hair.
1: Well, I think there's different ways to do it. Like I think um, there's like the Theo Huxtable that was l- grown long and then his braided. was braided, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I think that all the way I think that I tried to do or tried to have it done was just a little little tiny section not cut. But yeah. again, I never got. Never even got shoulder length with me. It never got past my neck.
0: I have to show you this episode of Murder, She Wrote, where an actor who's a grown man has a little bit of that in the back. It's so distracting whenever I watch that episode.
1: Anything you watch of the 80s or 90s, there usually is a guy that has this longer, it's either a mullet or a rat tail or something going on in the back. And sometimes they're just businessmen. In the shows. like Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But this is the problem with all styles. Even what we consider trendy today is going to be weird in moments time because it's all relative. You know, like I, I was trying to imagine why would that, why would a style that looks really ridiculous today look cool back then? And it's because one, no one had seen it either in a while or ever. And two, because we're young, you know, youth makes you look. So people aren't thinking like, oh, you've got this weird hat on your head that you call hair. They're just looking at the whole of you, you know? And you probably feel confident with your new hairstyle. And I'm specifically thinking about Mandy Patinkin in <laughs> A Princess Bride. Because when I wear a hat in the winter, sometimes that's what my hair looks like—just
1: <laughs> like a curly ball on top, like a poodle, and then long and straight in the back. Yeah,
0: or if I had the hat on too long, I get Quaker Oatsman man hair, and it's just kind of like—I think I look in the mirror and I think, "Why would anyone ever like this?" And then I think, "Oh yeah, men were rocking this in media." Or money.
1: (laughs) You know what? You know, for a while there, our founding fathers wore powdered wigs that looked just like your hair did. They sure
0: did. I was trying to explain powdered wigs to our daughter and I couldn't, I just couldn't make sense of it. I'm not
1: sure anyone really truly explained powdered wigs to us. So it's hard for us to explain them to other people.
0: You're right. I'm filling in gaps. I don't know if they were naturally white or if they put powder on them to make them white. I don't know what animal they came from. I don't know why they were curled.
1: Uh, You know, the only thing that I think that I've heard about with, with these wigs was. That because of lice back then, I think they shaved their heads and then would wear the wigs.
0: Right. Okay, that makes sense. Which I, but I, I don't this, know that to
1: be true, but I, I think that it still what doesn't explain
0: the style. And also, I'm picturing—do you remember the little black bow tie at the end of a long braid? Yes. On a colonial man's hair, and I just think, why did? I don't know why did that sl- switch over to women? Because today we all have the scrunchies and we're fishtailing our braids to you have down the our black, backs.
1: Little black bow tie in the back here. Uh, rat tail that you wear?
0: Uh-huh. I take it off my kite yeah. <laughs> after I do my Benjamin Franklin experiments and I put it right on my hair.
1: Yeah, well, you know, just in general, style that that kids have, Every I don't even know if style is really the right word for it because some of it is just what they're wearing. Mm-hmm. And some of it is, I look at some of the kids today, boy, that's the oldest man thing I've ever Look at the kids today. But I will see... um Teenagers and people in their early 20s that are wearing horrible looking clothing. Like these giant pants are now popular where they're just big baggy jeans and they're short. Like they cut off, they're really high watered, <laughs> but they look like they have been cut with scissors. Oh no, and I've not seen this. Oh, but I, I remember when you say
0: giant pants, I'm picturing which what is practically a skirt, but it has a division down the middle. Cause, and they had a chain. So back in middle school, kids were rocking these tight at the waist, enormous, and you couldn't even call them bell-bottoms because they were not hugging the leg. They were just a skirt that was segmented down the middle.
1: <laughs> Does that, cause anyone out there picture exactly what she's talking about?
0: Emo, am I painting a good enough picture? Are you picturing a pyramid I think we from call, the waist down?
1: I think we might have even called them, or, or like a guy at my church that was a teenager in the 70s When he saw us doing that in the '90s, was like we used to call those elephant pants.
0: Ah, elephant pants. Well, I'm glad they have a name because mine takes too long to say.
1: Yeah, and I have you know, big bell curve with a segment
0: down the middle. I'm still losing you. (laughs) You know, skirt divided in two. That's all I'm trying to say.
1: Yeah, well, those were. I mean, if you look at the '90s, like what teenagers were wearing, what we were all wearing, it's not attractive. It's not flattering. But part of probably what being at that age is, is your body's growing and changing. And so you're probably a little uncomfortable in your own skin. So mm-hmm. all of the stuff you're wearing is to augment those feelings. Maybe of like,
0: Oh, I thought you were going to say to hide the feelings.
1: <laughs> well, you know, but to it, distract dist- from maybe, my maybe, body, maybe distract from your body.
0: Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think some, here's the trend. I remember when I was too young to rock this trend, I aspired to grow up to be a teenager and wear ruffled skirts, essentially whatever, um,
1: ruffled skirts.
0: Yeah. The woman wore in Teen Witch. Do you remember the movie Teen Witch? No. The same actress showed up in Cobra Kai, so you should know by Googling or IMDb. But anyhow. So Teen
1: Witch from the 80s or 90s. Yeah, is it Teen Witch? And 30 she, years later, and I would have recognized her <laughs> when I didn't know her from the movie before.
0: Yes, because during the show, you would try to piece together who is this actress? And I would say, she's from Teen Witch. And then I would look it up and show it to you on my phone. I'm sorry you don't store this in your memory bank, I don't but remember it definitely us is a conversation. conversation that happened. So, um, yeah. That was who I looked up to. I don't know who you looked up to, but just like as far as looks go, and of course, you know, Lisa Bonet on a different world, and Cree Summer too with the hat, little you know, her hat and her bangs poking beneath underneath the hat. But this is I wasn't old enough to wear style yet, really. I was just wearing what my my sister's hand me downs. But and a, and a side ponytail that was the exact same so, ponytail.
1: What I'm picturing my is like life. you got hand me downs from like. Uh, little house on the prairie is what I'm picturing. Why
0: would you picture that?
1: Ruffles and roughly dress? No, and...
0: no, 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 ruffles was the goal. Okay. What I what I got was a sweatshirt and corduroys. you know. I got just essentially what I wear today.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what you're wearing at this moment, you look down.
0: What? I I have not I'm you've not
1: moved the needle in wear... your fashion in 30 years. <clears throat> I
0: haven't. I wear a ponytail every day yeah. of my life. <laughs> And that's what I grew up wearing. But I yeah. guess I
1: haven't either. I'm wearing, you know, Nicktoons t-shirts and ah, wrestling I don't know. hoodies.
0: Well, maybe this episode will be a wake-up call for us both.
1: Yeah, we can't. Uh, we're Look, we're just trying to relive our youth,
0: which really, in retrospect, wasn't that good the first time around. I mean, yeah, it's colorful and fun. It really is hard to go backwards in time and watch the programming back then. You know, I'm trying to, you know, introduce it to our kid. I even showed her... <laughs> i showed her my talking doll you know you had a teddy ruxpin they're made by world of wonder and they also made pamela the living doll and this is what i had growing up and i was so excited remembering it that i wanted to show our daughter uh, the commercial and she and i both watched it like uh, this was a toy that people liked because it's the the concept of the commercial is aliens just discovering this doll and being fascinated by her but they're so distracting it just looks like the aliens from cocoon which i know you probably haven't seen but they're really creepy and then the doll is like will you play with me and it the background is dark and it's just a very scary commercial <laughs> so i showed her i said no, no no no! let me show you how fun it is so i go to one of these <laughs> those unboxing videos where it's a grown adult who's wearing mickey mouse ears going hey everybody let me show you my doll collection and they bring out Pamela, and not only does her hair look matted and a fright, she also can't talk anymore. And I just couldn't convince my the, our child that uh, this was a cool doll to have. She sounded scary in the commercial, and she looked horrific in, you know, the, the updated video. So, you know. Did maybe she talk toys- weird?
1: Like, you know, Teddy Ruxpin, uh, as he wore down, would start to talk. Uh, in a weird mirror, like... Yes, rawr, rawr. yeah,
0: and and her natural voice sounded like Carol Ann from The Poltergeist. It okay. was very babyish and scary, and it was like, how you playing with me? It was very, very too, too tiny for the doll. The doll looked to be eight years old, and she had the voice of a three-year-old.
1: It's funny that World of Wonder made both of those things, because Teddy Ruxpin is such an interesting story with it. So you've got Teddy Ruxpin. He had a friend. I don't remember what it was, but it was almost like a... I don't remember his name, but it was... It looked like um, a caterpillar, like a big old caterpillar. Yes, that sounds with, familiar. And, and with legs and, They're stealing and from Lewis Carroll Alice <laughs> yes. in Wonderland. And it you know, and then there was the mud blups, I think, were the bad guys. And so there's a whole different world. And then they made this thing, I guess, for girls. but Teddy Rexman felt like it could be for boys or girls, but then they have just Pamela. Yeah. Like she's just boring old Pamela.
0: Yep. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Pamela is an only she child. She brown
0: shoes yeah. and, and overalls.
1: Pamela's homeschooled. She doesn't have any siblings. She
0: keeps asking you to play with her. Yeah. <laughs> no, she had the sweetest laugh. She's like, <laughs> I can't do it because it's too high pitched. But it was so sweet. And that's pretty much all I made her do was just giggle all day.
1: Yeah, that's so that was the first thing I thought of when you were talking about that. But then the second thing was that you brought up Cocoon. And it's again, it's like. You know, my parents were old. I had the old parents and you had, your mom was fairly young Mm
0: -hmm. when she had you. And cool. And cool. Young, hip parents.
1: Young, hip parents. And yet mine were old. And yet you're the one that saw like all these movies that were aimed at middle-aged people when you were a kid, like Cocoon, that the people, the actors in the movie were, I think, in their 50s playing 70s.
0: True, but it also starred Steve Gutenberg and he is young. He was hip. It was a modern movie. It was about feeling young. No, I think you're right. Like, first of all, people in their 50s and 60s had a heyday between the 80s and 90s, thanks to Golden Girls and Murder, She Wrote. And yes, this is probably the fourth <laughs> podcast where I brought up Murder, She Wrote.
1: <laughs> yeah, Another show that you were deeply into uh, with starring an old lady. Uh-huh.
0: In my next career, I will be a professor, and I will have, like, a whole class on this television show. But... um. So, it really was not corny, and it was not uncool. I think it was supposed to be about recapturing your youth. Brian Dennehy was in it, and he's not... I don't think he was supposed to be considered old, was he? I mean... He's always had salt and pepper hair, but... You
1: were like eight watching this movie. Everybody that's older (laughs) than 17 seems ancient when you're eight.
0: (laughs) But, and let me trot out the uh, famous meme, Wilford Brimley, when he was in Cocoon, is younger than Tom Cruise is now. Yes, and they don't look a thing alike. Okay, that's the bottom line. Wilford Brimley is pushing oatmeal, and yeah. Tom Cruise is <laughs> pushing boulders. Yeah. What else did Wilford Brimley
1: push when uh, we were kids? Like, um, like health insurance or yes, Life Alert I think or something.
0: Health insurance. Something where he mentioned the <laughs> disease diabetes. Obviously, because oh, yes. that became a meme somehow. <laughs>
1: diabetes.
0: Diabetes. It's a great accent. <laughs> okay, we're straying. We're 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 straying too far from my point.
1: And what was that again?
0: I'm mad that you don't watch Cocoon. You need to watch it already and catch up with my 1980s references. You haven't seen Baby Boom. I don't even know if you've enjoyed Funny Farm in the same way that I have. That's my favorite, by the way, one of my favorite Christmas movies that's not really a Christmas movie.
1: Yeah, well, that is true. Funny Farm is really funny. And I think it's an underrated Chevy Chase movie. Uh, That's a movie where I did not see as a kid, but... I did see like my parents somehow went to a screening in Indianapolis. Ooh, exciting! When yeah, when I was a kid, and they came back with merchandise. Like uh-huh. Funny Farm bumper stickers and buttons. And I remember I had like a little storage <laughs> thing out in our garage and I put the Funny Farm bumpers on it, bumper stickers on it and and the had the buttons that I kept in the drawer. That's great. And I, I mean, I don't know. It probably wasn't like a screening. It was probably something just where it a the premiere? Yeah, they're probably doing some promo for this movie trying to get it. So they had, they went to see it maybe opening weekend. So they gave out these stickers and things. hmm and that was
0: the big push from the studio.
1: Big push from the studio. The and
0: Hollywood execs are like, you know what they love in the Midwest? Bumper stickers. I'm <laughs> holding a right. fake uh, cigar right now.
1: Yes. Uh, well, definitely we need more visual uh, uh, jokes in our podcast.
0: I don't want them to miss out on the full uh, impression here. You yes, have a Hollywood studio exec.
1: <laughs> Rubbing your giant belly, smoking the big <laughs> cigar.
0: <laughs> Making women feel uncomfortable. So... Funny Farm was my favorite because it's nonstop jokes. And it's just, and it's got like holiday decor. I'm a sucker for that. But I realize a lot of my holiday classics are just, yeah, they're from a certain era. When you and I first started dating, we watched Elf. And um, that was, I
1: think, our first date. Our very first date was I went and bought Elf on DVD for you to see because you had not seen it.
0: If you never, if you never want to not seem young, you can't mention DVDs or that we were there when Elf was created. But <laughs>
1: it wasn't a VHS copy or a Betamax or a laser disc like we talked on the last episode. <laughs> I went and got the laser disc, and you didn't have a Laserdisc player because it was 2004. No,
0: it was a very small window of popularity, and I I stumbled into the one home that had one. Um, but I, but Elf does not stick with me as a holiday classic. It's just one of those movies I think of from the two thousands. That's like, yeah, it was all right.
1: You've never really been into Elf, which is kind of interesting because, with, with the stuff that we do watch at Christmas time, there's obviously Christmas Story is on everybody's list. Mm-hmm. It's a Wonderful Life. It's a Wonderful Life is like one of my favorite movies ever. Right. And I remember seeing that when I was really young, I would wake up way before everybody else in the family Mm -hmm. and I would turn the TV on. I probably would wake up like 4.30 in the morning and I wasn't allowed to be, if I was up, I couldn't be noisy. So I, you know, if they woke up at 4.30, they'd be like, you got to go back to bed. So I'd go open the stocking stuffers and I would turn on. Oh my
0: goodness. You were opening presents before the adults were
1: around? I, I was allowed to open stocking stuffers. I was not allowed to open anything else.
0: That's hilarious. And, so, and so
1: I was getting things like, oh, here's an Optimus prime eraser. Yes. And, you know, something like that. Nothing, nothing major. An orange.
0: And other giveaways from the yeah. dentist.
1: <laughs> a free toothbrush. And so I would turn the TV on. And at that time in the morning, there was still a test pattern that would yes. be on. Oh, yeah. Just the red, green, blue, and a buzz. And so I'd leave that on. And then probably around 5 a.m. or something like that. Then cartoons would start to play. These ancient cartoons, Max Fleischer Superman. Yes, and, I saw that. Raggedy know,
0: Ann and Andy was on yes, in my house.
1: Yeah, and stuff that's you know probably too offensive to even play anymore. Some of these cartoons, <laughs> and then probably around six a.m., uh, It's a Wonderful Life would just start.
0: This is how hard the work week was. We would be that elated to see cartoons that we would get up before the sun was up and watch a test pattern. Like kids can see cartoons on demand on devices. And so there's, what do they do on Saturday mornings? There's nothing exciting.
1: Well, well, that's the thing. We would do that on probably Saturday mornings. This was specifically Christmas morning. They would have these certain old, old cartoons. And then It's a Wonderful Life. And It's a Wonderful Life. uh, Then I would have that every year. yeah
0: but i never watched it all the way through as a kid it was just always on and it looked like dennis the menace or lassie to me it was just (laughs) (laughs) black and white film was not fun as a kid
1: yeah for some reason when we were kids uh maybe because it wasn't that old i mean it was old at the time like even when it's
0: made in the 40s right
1: well um, yes it's a wonderful life i was just thinking like lassie And um, Mr. Ed and those type of black and white, old...
0: They were made in the 60s.
1: They were made in the 60s, but it was before they did color. Mm -hmm. And so they were showing those in black and white. So we're talking late 50s, early 60s with that stuff. It wasn't that old, but it felt super old. Like it was probably 20 or 30 years old at that point. Well, probably 30 years old, 35, something like that. But, you know, if you look at that now, if we go back 30 years now... We're talking something
0: like Clarissa explains it all. Yes, but. uh... (laughs) I don't want to get lost in the weeds here on that debate, but that is apples and oranges to me because of technology and because of how, you know, movies are consumed. So I would argue that even your mom, if she caught you watching Lassie, she'd go, What are you watching that ancient thing for? You know, like that was back when she was a kid so why would she be interested in seeing it meanwhile we're obsessed with the stuff we had as a kid you know what i mean there's a difference so yes even though timeline wise we're closer to nirvana was closer to the moon landing than we <laughs> are closer to when nirvana teen spirit came out like i've heard i've seen that but to me i'm just not wowed by that statistic
1: well you're not big on time
0: yeah anyway. i have no concept of time so <laughs> and you're you're straying from my point again which was I just wanted to talk about "It's a Wonderful and what, Life," and, with and what you. was your point again? Yeah, who knows? <laughs> but holiday classics. So you love "It's a Wonderful Life," and I, I know that. I'm just saying it, it didn't become a movie I loved until I was an adult and could sit still and watch it. So I, could I was see that. stuck with all these '80s comedies, and you know, "Christmas Vacation," "National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation," and I'm trying to think if there are any cartoons christmas specials garfield had a christmas special mickey's christmas carol yeah there were there were those classes
1: peanuts you know charlie brown christmas of course I always watch charlie brown christmas uh which our daughter has yet to have any interest and in. she's like i do not like charlie brown i don't like You can tell
0: when something's old she's yeah, like, this not is not modern
1: <laughs> but it, that's from the 60s as well so like uh i i I love that. Um, Of course, Garfield. I I think I mentioned in a previous one about uh, Ziggy's Christmas. I saw once. Yeah, I still don't remember any of that. It was a cartoon. I mean, it was a a comic strip. Oh, yeah, it was a comic strip and he doesn't speak in this. (laughs) So, (laughs) Like, and when, and
0: this is something you happened to see or you actually loved?
1: No, I just happened to see it. <laughs> well, I, I, when I was a kid, I wanted any of the Christmas specials because these were cartoons at night. Mm-hmm. They played them, you know, at prime time, eight That's o'clock, right. you know, probably eight to nine. They probably would play two or three of these and they would do it around Christmas time. In fact, what, you know, we're getting into just a couple weeks from Christmas now where this is prime... Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer was going to be coming. Oh on. right,
0: all those stop motion shows. Yes. so, so yeah the way, the way it would work, yeah, Rankin fast. Thank you. The way it would work is it would just play on television, and you would catch it. Like especially if you had family visiting, the TV would be on, the volume would be down, but you could just see either the Christmas Story on TBS or It's a Wonderful Life on TNT or some Turner movie classics. You know. Well, the
1: cartoons were appointment viewing at the time (laughs) for me i would go through the newspaper would have the tv guide in it and we would go through and look and oh there's where frosty the snowman's going to come on this is when uh rudolph is coming on this is when santa claus is coming town that we know go through them all and now you can just watch them basically whenever right and so that probably becomes a lot less interesting so like for our daughter it's like she doesn't care i know
0: we keep saying we're gonna watch a christmas movie tonight and she's like okay let me know when it's on yeah and we're like are you gonna sit down and watch this or what and she's like Meh. no nope,
1: no nope. <laughs> she had kind of the attitude towards elf that you have towards elf which is like yeah <laughs> I, I know I, I saw it
0: yeah we didn't get into that i the I, so for one it's maybe too recent in my memory for it to feel like a classic but the other thing is james con's character even though he's super funny is too mean to buddy. So there's just like, he's the villain in my mind, even though they later have the central park rangers who are the villain trying to stop Santa Claus. I don't know. And it had no like story arc in my opinion.
1: Well, I don't know about that. Uh, I liked Elf. I thought it was very funny. Although I do think that James Caan, there is something about watching him now, mm-hmm. which is in some ways he looks like he doesn't want to be in the movie. Hmm. He just, he, he, He's rough during most of the movie, but he just seems to be delivering lines. <laughs> it doesn't seem like he's really putting it in like he's Sonny Corleone. Or something yeah, like
0: right. That. Well he's not, you know, he's not going for an Oscar. Maybe he's just getting a paycheck on that one. He
1: might have been getting a paycheck. He might have been irritated in every single scene and every single moment by Will Farrell.
0: <laughs> that makes more sense. And Mary Steenburgen Virgin brought Hart. And uh, Swedish additional. She's great in it. She's got a lovely voice. And um, do you remember the guy who, uh, the comedian who is their boss at Gimbals? Oh, Phase on Love. Phase on Love is hilarious in this movie. So it's not, I don't don't complain about the comedy. It just lacks like a warmth and like a, oh, here's my favorite part. I have to see this part. You know, it doesn't have that for me.
1: See, I don't know. I I liked everything um, because Phase on Love was probably my favorite part originally
0: still is yeah because
1: <laughs> well he has some funny lines because he has a he brings a different attitude to it well i forget what will Farrell says but uh he goes works your favorite works your new favorite make right? that your favorite make that your favorite right and so i like that kind of attitude with the whole thing mm-hmm. uh so yeah i don't know i i guess because you were not a little kid when you saw it. You don't have that kind of love with it. Now, yeah, plus
0: Bill Farrell was SNL to me. He, it was 6 years removed from his debut, I believe, and so I was just thinking of him as, you know, you're the you're not well Chevy Chase was SNL also, but you know, I was like you're not Chevy Chase.
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> Chevy Chase when we were kids, like he was on SNL before either of us were born, long before. And so it's it doesn't end up being somebody that we equate with that. Whereas we were probably in middle school or early high school when Will Farrell was on SNL. And had yeah. So head. this is
0: like a cool, cooler cousin I'm looking up to instead of like a fatherly figure. I mean, he wasn't playing a fatherly figure in elf anyway. In fact, he becomes a father at the end of it, which is still weird to me because he's so infantile, but whatever. I'm not.
1: Do we know that baby's <laughs> his though? Yeah. <laughs> Looked an awful like like Santa to me.
0: Let me, <laughs> let me just say for the record, Will Ferrell is an immense talent, and I'm not denying that to anybody. It just doesn't, the movie Elf does not feel like a Christmas movie to me, even though it's literally all about Christmas. It is
1: only Christmas, whereas Funny Farm has a, ends with a Christmas scene, so it's probably yeah. 10 minutes of Christmas in Funny Farm, yet yeah, that's <coughs> your favorite Christmas movie.
0: Yeah, well, you know, what can I say? But, uh, yeah. I've said my piece and I expect everyone to weigh in in my favor and agree with me strongly.
1: I'm sure like I think somewhere along the lines, you get your wires crossed about what makes a classic and what is a Christmas movie? What is a movie? (laughs) What are actors? (laughs) I don't know this.
0: (laughs) The episode of Growing Pains where they take in a person off the street and she steals all their presents. That's my favorite Christmas movie.
1: (laughs) I wonder if sitcoms, because I don't remember, did sitcoms... Do they do Christmas episodes much? Because oh,
0: yes, they all do. I don't they remember a do. single
1: one off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. But just thinking about it from a creator point of view and a, a producer type of point of view is that's not an evergreen episode. So you, if you go to syndication, you can't show the Christmas episode year round.
0: It would you, be hard, but you know. they also record it in the summertime, and it's in Los Angeles, so you know it wasn't Christmas for them. It's anyway. not Christmas;
1: they're not really family. They, they're not really giving <laughs> gifts. Uh,
0: they always have a Halloween episode that's memorable. Sitcoms yes. of the '90s and the '80s, but um, but speaking of Halloween and Christmas, have you noticed there's a lot of Halloween decorations people are just letting carry over into Christmas this year?
1: I think that I, I well, I've only seen it because on your Instagram, I think. Right. Uh, at Curly Comedy Thank on you. Instagram is uh, you're putting up these uh, Halloween decorations that are Christmas decorations on top of them. Yeah. And they've turned in, like, <laughs> Which
0: I, I, I'm kind of impressed by, but I also feel like you're phoning it in a little too much. I
1: think that you know, the, this is the the only way I've seen it so far is people have bought these gigantic right. Halloween decorations. So, uh, a 20 foot skeleton or a 15 foot werewolf. Yeah. And there's, it's Brooklyn, there's no place to store these things. (laughs) They're not inflatable (laughs) where you can just deflate the thing and put it away.
0: Also, they're not cheap. So, this is an investment. You've got to make your money count.
1: They paid half their rent just to have this guy there. (laughs) And so they're just dressing those things up. I don't know what it's
0: going to look like it, come Easter. You know, Valentine's Day, it's going to have hearts all over it and a bunny ears and still be holding a Christmas present.
1: Be my Valentine. <laughs> it's a werewolf. Yeah. He's not wearing any pants, guys. Like,
0: How are you doing?
1: Oh, so yeah, they're going to... I guess they'll have to do that.
0: But, but it started with me complaining about it on Instagram. And then lo and behold, on my own stoop step is a pumpkin decorated for Christmas because of our generous artist neighbor who painted it for our daughter but still i'm like Dang, we assume now we're the family
1: i don't know like that's a, one of those decorations where it's like did you ever find out where that came from for sure
0: no but it has to be from her
1: maybe i mean i assume too but like it's also it's
0: signature style
1: i told i uh what did i tell our daughter like did i say it was santa claus that left it or <laughs>
0: the, the great, great pumpkin, pumpkin. <laughs> Jack Skellington put it here because yeah. he's confused about what holiday it is, too.
1: Yeah. So maybe, maybe that's part of what they're doing now. Maybe they are just, uh, we're just going to combine all the decorations now. And look, if you have a pumpkin leftover from Halloween, you just go ahead and make it a Christmas decoration.
0: Yeah, you're saving time. What's your favorite holiday dish that you don't want to miss this year?
1: Oh, like something to eat at Christmas time. now. I've never, I, I don't associate anything with Christmas in terms of food, except for cookies.
0: Okay. Uh, Christmas, Christmas cookies. cookies. Yeah. We did do a cookie making party a few years in a row. That was fun.
1: Yeah. But do, is there something to your a oh, Christmas Oh, tons ham? of
0: food. Well, first of all, um. The roast beast. Be- Not a roast beast, because I don't live in Whoville. <laughs> um, no, like, uh, persimmon pudding is something that my grandma made when I was kid. It's persimmon pulp, which is a fruit, I guess. Uh, I don't know. All I have is the sweet treat.
1: Persimmon pudding, I think I've only heard about in like certain productions of Scrooge. <laughs> and...
0: <laughs> That's figgy pudding. Okay. <laughs> Same concept. Anyway, it's like, a, it's like a bread pudding that you put Cool Whip on or maybe if you're... That
1: doesn't sound like the traditional way to do it. Just to no, put Cool yeah. Whip on. If
0: you're, if you're a TV chef, you'll if you're Alton Brown, you'll put real whipped cream on it. But we always did Cool Whip. But no, like corned beef and cabbage on New Year's. I thought you were going to say turkey and stuffing or something, you know?
1: No. no. Well, no. I think that I think of that with Thanksgiving.
0: Well, that's what I mean about holidays. We had a
1: Christmas ham probably every year. We had a Christmas (laughs) ham. And
0: we also had ham sandwiches throughout the year. Ham
1: sandwiches uh, throughout... Certainly through New Year's, we would have this leftover ham.
0: But, yeah, I was going to say, there's a difference between budding ham that you would eat as a kid at your lunch and then the Christmas ham, which tastes like cloves and is thick and yummy.
1: Yeah, I, well, my mom would always put brown sugar on it and yeah. get it nice and sweet, uh, put some honey with that too. And that's probably the only thing I can think of with Christmas time. Like, I know my, my dad, for... Many years. I, I assume he's still doing that. We're not going to be there this Christmas, but would make chili. Mm-hmm. So his famous chili.
0: Well, doesn't he also make sloppy joes? Um, I
1: thought that
0: was his Christmas thing.
1: Well, I thought it was chili. So now, <laughs> now neither of us know what my Christmas tradition was. I
0: go to the doctor and check your memory. Yeah. <laughs> it's Maybe sloppy joes.
1: <laughs> did he make sloppy joes, or was it? Oh well, I.
0: He, he does make chili. You make really good chili. I, I always think chili is your thing. I've well, never had your dad's chili.
1: Uh, well, yes, you, if you've ever had Hormel, you've had my dad's chili, <laughs> which he adds a little bit of ground beef and some lifting uh, soup, uh, onion soup mix to it. Yeah,
0: not to besmirch any time-honored classic recipes, but I'm just realizing that a lot of what I loved eating at my grandma's house that I always attributed to her gift of cooking was just packaged processed food you know like she had a, she had a neighbor who sold Little Debbie's <laughs> snack cakes so her cupboards were always full of Little Debbie's which I thought was incredible I
1: love these little Christmas trees <laughs> that my grandma makes for him. my from grandma hand.
0: made these zebra shaped cakes when I was little yeah. <laughs> just my size <laughs> mm-hmm. no but like I think she served sugar cream pie that I always thought was her recipe and now it might have been from a store if I'm thinking about it because I think I remember like plastic cases it had a barcode of Abby know. She- <laughs> I don't think she that she... painstakingly drew a barcode. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I don't know uh, any of my family listening can correct me and I'll uh, fix pa- that.
1: Apparently, my family, if anybody's listening, going to have to correct me about what the Christmas tradition was. I don't even know. So apparently, it isn't something I'm missing. I'm not pining away for like, <laughs> oh, I, you know, that Christmas chili or and or sloppy joes.
0: Yeah, well... I am very much a nostalgia food person, so I don't like to go a year without certain flavors at certain times of the year. And, and anyway, that's <laughs> even though I do, I like, go oh, years without them. I just miss them. You know what I mean?
1: I, I guess. I mean, I want uh, – stuff I want and I'm not going to have is I want cookies and cakes and pies and – and all of that stuff, <laughs> hot chocolates, and all the sugary stuff. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm gonna skip that.
0: I'm laughing because you never say <laughs> you never say cookies without saying cookies and cakes and pies. <laughs> <laughs> you have such disdain for that part of your life.
1: Uh, well, I love. And enjoys those delicious treats. I don't have disdain for. It. I love them. It's just, uh, it's I, I want them, and I can't have them anymore. <laughs> so it's like a man that's gone bald talking about his old hairstyles. You know. It's like, oh. <laughs> I miss them very much, but there's a little bit of anger every time I mention follicles. It's just they're
0: They're not leaving you. They're uh, exploring new ventures and horizons.
1: I know. uh, Maybe I need to figure out what's in persimmon pudding and see if that's healthy or not.
0: Uh, Yeah, probably not. I mean, you know, cooks and cakes and cookies happen year round. Cookies cookies and and cakes and and pies. pies. (laughs) I want to give you a hug right now. It's so funny. We have these things. I know I say a million things in a row. Can Is there some catchphrase that I have that I'm not aware of, of how I always say something?
1: Um, nah, well, there is, but when trying to remember them, it's like, you know, there's certain things that are, could be a pet peeve or irritating, but your mind, I think, blocks them out.
0: We've entered the point where... <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe we should end the podcast soon. You revealed that because-
0: you... A- <laughs> Don't like certain things I say.
1: I, don't, I thought that's where you're going with. That's I'm going to throw this back on you. Uh, sure. Yeah.
0: Oh, I'll. I'm going to. I'm going to give it some thought. and I'm going to circle back with famous catchphrases in this household that we always say.
1: Yeah, I. I know there's nothing that you say that I can think of because you have original thoughts all the time. That's right. That I find intellectually stimulating. I keep
0: it spicy in my dialogue. <laughs> And my com- my dinner conversation at yes.
1: home. I, I, whatever it takes to go back to wh- when you wanted to hug me about a minute and a half ago. I
0: just, I'm going to <laughs> I'm gonna have to listen to this episode over again. Because it really, I think I heard you say, I don't know, I can't think of, you know, everybody has something. They can't stand about a person <laughs> and <laughs> wish they wouldn't speak. I did not say that, no. Was it? Okay, no, no, I'll have to listen to the playback.
1: Yeah, so uh, luckily I have first edit.
0: Thanks for joining us today. If you had a great time, let us know on social. Follow Kid Is In School on Twitter and The Kid Is In School on Instagram. Subscribe so you don't miss our next episode. Be sure to throw us one of those five-star ratings and share with your friends. Oh, and do it quickly before the kid gets home.